Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Now, can you do me a favor? Let's give God some crazy praise. Come on. Now, that was all right for me. Let's give him some crazy praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name that's above all names. Come on, glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to your name. Woo, hallelujah. Get your, get your Bibles and lift them up. Come on, lift them up. Or your holy iPhones or holy Androids. <laughs> Come on, lift them up. Let's see them. Let's see them. Look at it. Look at it. Woo, some of you in the back that are um, watching online or taking pictures. Look at this. This is how we fight our battles right here. Yeah. Devil, we are ready. Come get some. All right, say this with me. Say, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word that is a lamp unto our feet shows us right where we're at. Thank you for loving us right where we're at. Thank you for protecting us right where we're at. But you don't stop there, Lord. You're not just a lamp unto our feet. You are a light to our pathway. You show us where we are going. And we give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I told Pastor Reuben and the many, you can be seated, the many that have blessed me and brought me in to be part of their family. I love it. I told them. I'm black Tino. I'm just, I'm black Tino. I'm black Tino. I'm going to get a shirt. I'm black Tino. I'm Part of the Living Word family now. You can't get rid of me if you wanted to. Man. I had them cracking up. I said, yeah, man, I, I'm part of the family now. I'm just so grateful for Pastor Reuben and his vision and what God has laid upon his heart and for the church and how God is blessing you all. You all haven't seen anything yet. You have done so much for the kingdom of God. But I grew up being taught this. You cannot beat God giving. So God is getting ready to pour out a multitude of blessings upon this ministry, upon this movement, like never before. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Look at somebody say, get ready. Come on, look at him again. Say, get ready told me, make sure your hat is on tight and your coat fits you right. It's getting ready to go down. God's getting ready to do something great. 
we're going to look at one scripture together, actually two scriptures from the book of Jude, and we're going to just do some teaching on what God has just laid on my heart for this house. Jude, the first chapter, the 24th and the 21st, fifth verse. And if you don't mind, I'm, a, I'm just a Bible teacher. I don't, you know, get into a bunch of points. I just like just opening up the word of God and just going line upon line and whatever God says, God says, and I want to just get out of the way of what God is saying, because how many come to the house of the Lord expecting something? Look, I could be doing a whole lot of other stuff. I ain't got time for just junk. I got to come ready to receive my healing, ready to receive my deliverance, ready to receive whatever God wants for me. And I want you to have that expectant heart today. All right. Look what it says here. It says, now to him, Jude 1, 24, now to him, we're talking about him, God, who is able, who is able. Say, God, you are able. Come on, believe that. God, you are able. Now to him who is able. Why? Because he is our keeper. He is our Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He's our Jehovah Nisi. He's the God who reigns. He reigns. Hallelujah. He is above all. There is none like him in all of the earth. Hallelujah. There's even a scripture that says that when God's presence shows up, mountains melt like wax before the presence of the Lord. You got to know whose side you're on. Man, I was growing up, man, when I was young, I had a sister who could fight. She was three years older than me and she could throw down her name. Her nickname was Pumpkin. And she could fight. I mean, she could fight. One time somebody was picking on me and and they were older than me and they pushed me. And then his older brother came and pushed me all because I, I had beat him in basketball. And I was about six, seven years old. And his older brother was a senior in high school. And he slapped me upside of my head. And here comes Pumpkin. Pumpkin said, don't touch my brother like that. And he said, who what you going to do? And my sister pushed him and he pushed her and pumpkin began to swing and hit him and he hit her and he hit it. She hit back and the fame of pumpkin grew throughout the land. Man, pumpkin stood toe to toe with a senior in high school. And I walked around like a tear. You better not mess with me. I'm pumpkin's little brother. I want to let you know something. You're on God's side. You already have the victory through Christ Jesus. You don't have no need to get up worried. You don't have to get up fearful. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. He's already prepared a table in the presence of your enemies. He's already anointed your head with oil so that your cup overflows. You are protected by the great I am. The God of all gods. Hallelujah. Woo, the God of all gods. Hallelujah. Woo, David said it best. He said, Lord, you are my light and my salvation. I don't have to fear. You are the strength of my life. I don't have to be afraid. And when the wicked, even my enemies, come upon me to eat of my flesh, they're going to stumble and fall. Why? Because you are my God and you are for me. You are for me. Now to him, when you read this, now to him who is for you. 
The thoughts that he thinks about you are good and never evil. I know, I know we've done some stuff, but the thoughts that God thinks about you are good and never evil. I know people have turned their back on you and walked away from you because you didn't measure up. But guess what? God said, I am for you. I am for you so much that I gave my only begotten son so that I could have you. Ooh, look at that. I gave my only begotten son so that I can have you. I gave my only begotten son so I could have you. I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to drink it. I knew you were going to smoke it. I knew you were going to fall to it. But I wanted you so bad that I gave my only begotten son long before you did it. So that when you did it, you knew that you had a savior. Oh, man, I got a savior. Hallelujah. There's not a friend like Jesus. Ooh, someone who looks beyond my faults. And sees my need now to him. When I look at that word him who is able, who is able, there's no limitations. God's not restricted. God's not hindered. God can do anything but fail. God can do anything but fail. God can do anything but fail. And then about two, two or three years ago, I was dying and I didn't know what was going on. And, and my body was shutting down on me and I was retaining water. I had grew. It was 66 pounds of water that was on me. I'm healed now. So when you look at me, this is just cake and ice cream. Don't see it. This is not still. Then is he still being healed? No, God has already done the work. I got to leave the steak alone. Amen. But I was dying. I was I was I was I had gotten so bad that I couldn't leave my house without having to go get a new pair of sweats. I couldn't wear the shoes. I couldn't sleep in a bed anymore because when I slept, I couldn't breathe. And the water that was on me was drowning me and killing me. And and I got into a place where I had accepted. I want you all to receive this. I had accepted that I was going to die. And I was OK with it, Pastor Ruben, because I was like, I'm getting ready to see Jesus. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I went to the doctor. They gave me this. I went to the doctor. They gave me that. I went to the doctor. They gave me this. And they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't understand what was going on. And I was getting worse. And I had accepted it. I hung a suit in my closet. And I hung it because I just didn't trust my wife. I don't know what she would put on me. So I hung a suit in my closet with the handkerchief in the pocket because I love suits. And, and then I had the shoes set right there and I was ready. I went and got my hair cut, cut, and I was ready. And I told her, I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. If God takes me tonight, I'm ready. And I kept believing that any day I was going to leave this earth. But I kept hearing, I want you all to see this. I kept hearing a voice saying, you will live and not die. I heard it, but I didn't receive it, man. Come on. I heard it, but I didn't accept it. I heard it, but my reality, what I was looking at was, was literally talking louder than what God was saying. When I looked in the mirror, I saw that my skin had gotten pale and gray and, and I looked like I wasn't going to make it. So I accepted that I was going to die. But I kept hearing you will live and not die. You will live 
and not die. And I remember being in the car, getting ready to go see the doctor one more time. And I kept hearing, you will live and not die. And in that moment, I said, God, if this is you talking, I'm going to just begin to repeat what you say. And I kept saying, I will live and not die. I will live and not die. I said it so much that I believed it. I said it so much. See, when we begin to quote what God has said, hallelujah, God, I'm going to speak what you have said. You God are my shepherd. I don't have to want for nothing. I may be lacking now, but I'm going to keep on saying what you say. Woo, because I'm going to put your truth on top of my truth. I'm going to put your word on top of my brokenness. I'm going to put your word on top of my abandonment. I'm going to put your word on top of my rejection. I'm going to put your word on top of my sickness and my disease. I'm going to put your word on top of whatever I go through because God, if you said it, that settles it. Now to him that is able. So I kept saying, I will live and not die. And the doctor says, we figured it out. But they could not figure it out until I came into agreement with what God said. Oh, I better say that again. I better say that again. God, I wasn't waiting on God. God was waiting on me. Hallelujah. I wasn't waiting on God. God was waiting on me. Do you believe what I have said? I was like the man at Bethesda. I was laying there and God was saying, do you want to get up? But I had every excuse in the world. Oh, well, this is going on and that's going on and this is going on and that's going on. But do you want to get up? But my daddy left. But do you want to get up? But my husband left. But do you want to get up? But my wife left. But do you want to get up? I kept offering excuses and God was like, when you're ready, I want to heal you. But I'm waiting on you to come into agreement with what I have said about you. So the doctor said, we figured it out. I said, oh, oh. And they took me into the emergency room and in two hours 11 pounds of the water fell off and over a period of a month or two all of the water fell off and I started looking like Denzel Washington again thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so I snuck that in you gotta believe what God has said <laughs> Now to him that is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin. Now I want you to know something. The purpose over your life is bigger than your sin. The purpose over your life is bare. here comes the enemy. Oh, I don't know if God's going to use you because look what you said. Look what you did. Look what you thought this morning. Man, I got to surrender every single morning because I don't trust Tim. Tim got some issues. Tim a fight in a minute. So I got to surrender that thing every single day to the Lord. Lord, your mercy is new every single day. When did you get saved, Tim? This morning. <laughs> When did you surrender? This morning. Every single morning. Every single morning I throw my hands up in the air and I look up because I know his mercy is new every morning. And I say, Alexa. Put on Maverick City music. I got to get ready for the day. I don't know what the enemy is going to try to do and how he's going to try to get in my way or in my pathway. My brother that I was ministering with yesterday, he didn't know I was going to hit him. Went home and told his wife. 
<laughs> he hit me. He went and got his pumpkin. I was like, oh Lord. We don't know what we're going to experience. We don't know who's going to try to cut us off in the freeway and blame us. We don't know what's going to happen when we walk on our job. We don't know what's going to happen at the restaurant. I got to surrender. I got to surrender every single day. Lord, here's my heart. Because that old man is trying. Anybody got an old man trying to rise all the time? That old man is trying to rise and, and remind you of what you went through. Remind you of the pain that you went through. I, 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 for about 10 years, I was walking in functional depression. I knew how to get up. I knew how to put my clothes on. I knew how to put a suit on. And I knew how to go to church and wave my hand and do the holy wave. Whoo, Glory. I knew how to dance and shout, but I was dealing with the pain of losing my mom. I was functionally depressed. I knew how to preach still, but I was hurting. I was empty. My mama was gone. God, you took my mama. I remember the day he told me he was going to take her. I was preaching. He said, there's a glory that I want to give your mom, but I can't give her on this side. And I knew that her days of going to the, di the dialysis and going to the hospital and amputations left and right, I knew that those days were coming to an end, but that was my mama. And when he took her, I was very pastoral. I was able to minister and I was able to be there for the family. But after the services were over and after everybody had left, I began to walk in depression. I began to walk in my pain. I was so messed up. But I knew when people came around, I had to be strong. Praise Jesus. I knew the scripture, so I knew how to quote the scripture. But I was crying silent tears. I was lonely. I was missing my mom. Person that I called my best friend. And one day God says to me, Tim, I want you to go to your mom's grave site. I said, I'm not, I, I'm not going there. God will take you to a place that you don't want to go to because he wants to deliver you of what's holding you down. See, our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. There's a way that seems right to us, but the end thereof is destruction and death. And God said, I want to take you to the graveyard to set you free. I said, why can't you set me free here? I've been on the altar. I've been crying out to you. I've been in pain. Why can't you do it here? He says, because I want you to trust me. I think I'm speaking to somebody here. God says, I want you to trust me. I'm going to ask you to do some things that you're not ready to do, but trust me. I'm going to stretch you in ways that you don't want to be stretched, but trust me. I'm going to ask you to step into places that you're not willing to step into yet, but trust me. I'm going to ask you to live by faith right now, not because faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And on the other side of your step, oh man, is your deliverance on the other side of your step is your healing on the other side of your step is your joy this joy that God wants to give you is a joy that the world can't take away so he takes me to the graveyard he says I want you to thank me I didn't feel like thanking God there was nothing to thank God about when it comes to my mom she's gone what do you mean thank you I don't know how to thank you in this pain you're saying thank you for something that you took 
Oh, isn't God something? Thank you for something you took. God, no, we're supposed to thank you when we receive. God says, I want to thank. I want you to thank me because I want to show you something. So I began to say thank you. And I was a little angry with God at the time. I love God. I love God because, you know, God knows our heart. And I was a little mad at him. I said, you want me to thank you? You bring me out here to where my mama is. I can't see her. And it's just grass and grave. But you want me to thank you. So I said, thank you, Jesus. And I was reluctant, but I was saying, thank you, Jesus. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Says, thank me some more. Thank you, Jesus. And the more I said thank you, the more I got into it. Thank you, Jesus. And I began to cry. I began to cry like a big baby. I'm sure people were looking like something's wrong with him over there. I began to cry and weep. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And automatically while I was saying thank you, Jesus, I just looked up. Thank you, Jesus. And in that moment, God showed me a picture of heaven. And I saw my mom running around like a little girl. I saw her with both her legs. I saw her looking younger than she ever looked before. I saw her with her friends and dancing in the street. Hallelujah. That's paved with gold. Hallelujah. And in that moment, I said, oh, man, I begin to see the glorious picture of the promise of Jesus. And in that moment, I said, thank you, Jesus. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more aches and pains. Lord, I want to thank you for what I see. And in that moment, God delivered me of depression, and I still miss her from time to time. But God healed me because I was obedient. God healed me because I was willing to do something that was against the grains of my flesh. Trust him so that he can show me. God wants to show you a picture but it's going to require you to trust him like never before. Now to him that is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin. Acting as if we're not children of God. He says, I, I want to keep you from falling into the thing that separates you from me. You got to see this because the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians. He says this. He said, he who knew no sin became sin. Look at this. He became sin. He didn't take your sin to the cross. Any, any liars in the house that God delivered? I said, I don't want to raise my hand. I want nobody to know. I mean, God became lust. He became pain. He became addiction. He became everything that we've ever done. Everything that we would ever do, he became and went to the cross. You ought to see this. Because when we worship him, we're not worshiping someone who did something minor for us. We're worshiping someone who delivered us from sin. The power of sin. I realized, Pastor Reuben, when I sin, it's because I want to sin. I, I, you look, I wanted to do it. And let me just come to the altar and admit it. I, Lord, I wanted to do it. I wanted to, come on, you guys, come on, keep it real. I don't know why I did it, because you wanted to do it. 
I need to lay that thing down to the altar again because I wanted to do it because the power of sin has been broken. Sin no longer has dominion over us. We have authority. Oh, man. When Jesus stepped out of the grave and said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. I'm listening. I'm, I'm living in the power of the resurrected Jesus. Power. Jesus became the sin. We worship someone who was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. And I know those words don't even describe to the extent of what he did for you and I. He was beaten till he was unrecognizable. He was slapped and spit on. He was slapped and spit on. He was betrayed by a kiss. They grabbed him and they kicked him. He didn't resist the arrest, but yet they still, Pastor, beat on him and kicked him, grabbed him by his beard, pushed him. Some of us, I mean, right now, if someone is talking to us and accidentally hit us with some spit, we go, hey, 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 hey. Say it, don't spray it, brother. You hit me right there, my mouth was open. Come on, man. Help me out here, my brother. I don't even want to talk to you no more. Jesus. You got me, you know? <laughs> but they didn't just spit on him that way. They reached into their gut and they just spit on him. With everything that was in him, they spit on him. And then they punched him. And then they spit on him. And then they slapped him. They grabbed him and ripped his beard out of his face. That wasn't enough. They stripped him of all of his clothes. Beat him on his back until his back became like hamburger meat. Put a robe on him and mocked him and said, look at him, the king of the Jews. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. Dug him deep into a skull where blood began to stream out of his head and into his eyes and into his mouth and down his body. It wasn't a beautiful sight. But he who knew no sin became sin took on the punishment of sin so that you and I can stand here like you were doing, brother, and go crazy. Because you know that he picked you up and turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground. He became you so that you might become the righteousness of God. You can talk about me all you want, but I'm the righteousness of God. You can hate on me all you want, but I'm the righteousness of God. You cannot like me, but I'm the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Ooh, you can talk about my past, but I'm the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. You can talk about what I've done, but I'm the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Ooh, when I look in the mirror now, I see the righteousness of God because he became my sin. When they hung him on the cross. Now unto him who keeps me from stumbling and falling. Why? Because when they hung him on the cross, he reached into my past and forgave me for everything I ever did. Every thought, every action, every deed, he reached into my past and said, it is finished. Woo, come on, give him praise for that. Come on. 
He didn't say maybe. He said it is finished. He didn't say I'll think about it. He said it is finished. He didn't say go see somebody and let them tell you that you're healed. He said it is finished. He reached into my past and delivered me from everything I have ever done or thought. And restored my place with God. He didn't stop right there. I want you to see this. He didn't stop right there. He says, now that I've said it, it's finished in your past. And now that I've reached into your past and forgive it. Now you got to forgive yourself. And stop hanging around people who want to bring it up. You ain't, what you mean you're a prayer warrior? I remember, no, 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 no. I re- as soon as they even get the, I- didn't you? When did you get? I'm no longer ashamed to say, yep, I did it. Yep, I said it. Yep, I used to go there. Yep, yep, yep. Man, I did stuff that I don't even know. I'm still standing here. But he reached into my past. And not only did he reach into my past, he's dealing with my present. There's stuff I'm surrendering still. I'm still dealing with that 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 rejection and abandonment of when my dad left, even though I've forgiven and I'm moving on. Here comes the enemy when somebody's getting ready to do something. See, here it comes again. I got to deal with that thing and I got to surrender. Lord, heal me right now. Why? Because you keep me from stumbling. You keep me from falling because I'm tired of destroying relationships in my life. I'm tired of acting up. I'm tired of reacting. Some of you, God says, I want to bring something into your life that that you've been praying about, but I got to heal you here. So that as I usher that in, you're not still thinking where you've been. I want to bring you to a new place. He says, I want to bring you to a new destiny. But I got, you, I got to deal with this thing right here, that abandonment, that rejection, that thing that I need to heal here. Tim, will you surrender it to me? I've already forgiven your past, but I want to do some stuff in your present. Don't go through the motions, Tim. Let me do it. You don't have to keep a secret from me. I already know what you're dealing with here. Look where he brought me from and look at what he's doing now. Come on, give somebody praise. Give God praise. Here. God, God, you were able to keep me here. I know what you did here. And you said it is finished. But God, it is finished here. While you're working on me here, you've already declared that it is finished. Oh. It is finished here. You no longer have to be afraid because I've already 
done it. You don't no longer have to walk in loneliness because I've already done it. You don't have to worry about stumbling and falling because I'm able to keep you from stumbling and falling if you surrender it here. Lord, I surrender it here. Huh? I don't have to fake it. I know I'm pastoring. I know you've given me position and title, but God, forget all of that. Like David said, God, you can take it all away, but I don't want to ever lose your spirit. I don't want to lose your anointing here. Have your way in my life here, God. Have your way in my life here, God. Have your way in my life here, God. This is the place that I want to find myself. I want to find myself on my knees. Hallelujah, because it is here that I know God is working on me. God, I'm going to lay at your altar and I'm going to lay before you the throne of God. Why? Because you're able to heal me. God, I surrender what's going on now. God, here I am. I surrender. Make me the man that you want me to be. Make me the father that you want me to be. Make me the pastor and the husband that you want me to be. Make me into who you want me to be. Here, God, I surrender here. Oh, I'm not going to get up, God, until you do it. I'm not going to move from this place till you do it. Why? Because here, God, here, God, I'm surrendering. Here, God, I am letting you do what you need to do in my life. Can you give God praise? Can you give him praise? He says, nah, Tim, I don't stop there. I don't stop at your present. I didn't listen. I know what I did in your past. I know what I'm doing in your present, but I also go into your future. I've already secured your victory. Somebody scream victory. victory. Oh, that was weeks. Come on, scream victory. victory. One more time, scream victory. victory. See, you're no longer looking for victory because he's already obtained the victory for us. I'm operating from victory. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for victory. I'm operating from victory. I'm not looking for joy. I'm operating from joy. I'm not looking for peace. I'm operating from peace. Why? Because he's already given it to me. He's already given. Now unto him that is able to keep me from falling and stumbling and present me unblemished, unblemished, blameless and faultless. He presents me. He's my daddy. I make it personal. My son is 16 now, but when he was four years old, he was four years old. He walks into the kitchen and I said, what do you want, son? He opens up the refrigerator. And he begins to point at what he wants. I want that. I want that. I want that. And I want that. I said, all right, son. And he begins to walk down the hallway to the master bedroom. He was confident. (laughs) That what he asked for, he was going to get. I'm going to say that again. Because Pastor Reuben Church should have been out right there. He was confident that what he asked for, he was getting ready to get to. I just watched how confident he was because he looked in his daddy's refrigerator and he looked and saw what he wanted and he asked his daddy for it and he had confidence that he was going to get it. He went and kicked off his shoes, climbed onto the bed, crossed his legs, put his hand behind his head, turned on the television to SpongeBob SquarePants and waited patiently. Come on, somebody. 
because he knew what he asked for he was going to get he wasn't in there worried he wasn't in there biting his nails he wasn't saying daddy where you at when you coming he waited patiently in the moment because he knew what he asked for he was going to get I began to put the stuff on the tray I was so excited because I like being a father because I didn't get that chance to have that experience after 12 years old with my father. And so I love being a dad. So I'm putting the stuff on the tray. I'm just I'm setting it up and I'm carrying it down like I'm the kid. I'm walking to the bedroom. I look into the bedroom. He's there. He looks over at me. He smiles. I smile. I open up the tray. I put it over him. I said, there you go, son. He said, thank you, daddy. I said, yeah. And I begin to walk out of the bedroom down the hallway prowl. And I feel something welling up on the inside of me. And I begin to cry. And God says, Tim, that's what I want to do to you. I want to give you the kingdom. I want to give you the kingdom. I want to give you the kingdom. And then he says these words will you look in my refrigerator I didn't know how to ask because nobody had given me anything we were so poor we couldn't even afford the O and the R it was Po I didn't know how to ask for nothing Master bedroom, all I knew was a garage that had been converted into a bedroom. All I knew was a studio at one time with all my sisters. I didn't know how to ask, but here God is saying, look in my refrigerator. God, I don't even know how to even open your refrigerator. He said, did you see what your son just did? Yeah, open mine. Well, where, how do I get to it? He said, get to it on your knees. I want to show you what's in the refrigerator, what I've already. He said, Tim, I don't want you to die and never get what I died for you to have. Look in the refrigerator because I'm able to keep you from falling. I'm able to resent you unblemished and blameless and faultless in the presence of my glory. I want to give you what you need while I'm declaring righteousness over you. Every time the enemy comes and says, you've done this, I show him the cross. Every time you struggle in the things you've, you've done, I show you the cross. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I show him the cross. The standard that I lift up is the cross. Everything in Tim's past, everything in Tim's present, everything in Tim's future has already been covered by the blood of Jesus. The cross. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart, hallelujah, rolled away. Well, those things that ached me and pained me, I didn't know how to give myself freely because I was still in pain. At the cross, at the cross. Listen, whew, he took blindness away and allowed me to see. 
I was no longer lost, I'm found. Why? Because of the finished work of Jesus. I'm going to declare that over my sons. I'm going to declare that over my daughters. I'm never going to get mad at them to the point where I say, get out. I don't want to talk to you no more. No, I'm going to declare in the name of Jesus, you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. Hallelujah. I'm your prayer warrior. I'm your intercessor. And I'm going to keep praying, hallelujah, that the anointing of Jesus meet you where you're at. I'm going to pray that what you're drinking don't taste good no more. I'm going to pray what you're trying to smoke don't give you a high no more. I'm going to pray where you're going don't give you satisfaction anymore because because Jesus is your hope. Ooh, I got authority. I'm not going to get mad and, and get upset and kick you out. No, I'm going to kick you in. I just try to sneak in. I just try to sneak in. My mom was asleep. I was trying to. Okay. She didn't hear me. Okay. All of a sudden. She wake up, oh no. She starts speaking in tongues. Oh God, you can't have my son. 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 Devil, you can't have my son. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. You can't have my son. I'm noticing oil stains all on my pillow. What is this? She ain't got to, mom, you ain't got to lay hands on my pillow. I, I was sleeping. It was all old, getting in my mouth. Just chill. Chill with that. No, no, you can't. Let, the devil can't have you. He has a, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And he's going to perform it. He's going to perform it. He that began a good work and you shall perform it. Can I get some mothers in the house to say, yeah. You want to win your husband, just start declaring you're a man of God. <laughs> Baby, I messed up. You a man, man of God, I get it. Mumble under your bless. You but a man of God. You are a man of God. Begin to declare what the enemy doesn't want you to declare. Begin to say, son, you're healed. Daughter, you're healed. Mom, I'm not sick. No, no, no. That thing that's plaguing your heart, you're healed. Ooh, husbands, come on. I tell husbands all the time, bless your wife, bless your family. I bless you in the name of Jesus. The enemy wants us arguing so much and fighting so much that we're not declaring in the authority that God has given. I bless it in the name of Jesus. I bless us right now. I'm laying hands on my cabinets and my cupboards. I, they shall be filled in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why? Because we have the authority to speak those things that are not as though they already are. Woo. Now unto him that He's able to present us blameless in the presence of his glory. Now, I want you to see this like you're ready. We're well, ready to just do some worship and just to the altar. Is that all right? We're about to break some of the chains that are coming to tie us down because God is able. <laughs> oh, devil, you shouldn't have let me show up today. Uh, I'm going home free in the name of Jesus. What he says here, he says, I'm able to do this in the presence of my glory. Now, I want you to see this, that nothing sinful and unholy can be in God's presence. That's how holy he is. 
Anybody during worship feel the presence of God? Didn't you feel it? Now nah, I see people in the lobby going, I felt it. Look, look, I'm going to tell you, let me show you this. You cannot feel his presence unholy. Oh, let me say it again. See, you, you, listen, this is what we try to do, Pastor Reuben. We try to strive to be holy. He makes us holy. We try to strive to be perfect. God says, I'm the one that perfects you. We try to be righteous. I don't care. The Bible says you can do everything good all you want, but all of your righteousness is as filthy rags. He's the one that declares us right. Why? Because we're a part of the kingdom of God. Somebody say kingdom of God. That means there's a king. There's a king. We haven't been voted righteous. We've been declared righteous. We haven't been voted holy. We've been declared holy. Why is that important? Because whatever the king declares, it is so. When the king declares you debt free, then you're debt free. When the king declares you this and that, you are. You can't even come into the king's presence until he allows you to come into his presence. What God did through Jesus Christ was bring you into his presence. And he knew the only way he could bring you into the presence. Y'all got to see this because on the throne of God, you got to see this. God is sitting on the throne and around him are angels. They're called seraphims and they have six wings. Two that they cover their face with. Two that they cover their feet with. And two that they fly with. And all they do is cry holy all they do is cry holy holy are you God they fly around the throne and they cry holy are you God and God is saying come to me come into my presence the holy God is saying come into my presence and on the right side of the holy God is seated the holy savior Who took away the sins of the world. And so God says come. But the only way you can come. Is first I got to declare you holy. And when I declare you holy. I bring you to myself. And now you're in the presence of a holy God. Because you've been declared holy. I know they told you you're not. But you are. You need to learn how to walk around. Just walk around. When you going to get it together? I may not be what I used to be or I may not be where I'm going to be, but guess what? I'm still holy because God declared it. I'm righteous because God, and that's what makes us worship God even the more. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this, but yet, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Why? Because he declared me holy. Somebody say holy. Come on, he declared you holy. Come on, somebody say righteous. Right. He declared you righteous. So now you can walk around as if you belong. Why are you walking around like that? Because I belong to somebody. Oh, you got a new man? Yep. Got a new lady? Yep. What's their name? Oh. I can tell you. They go by many names. Oh, really? Yeah. 
They go by the name of King of Kings. They go by the name of Lord of Lords. They go by the name of Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha. They go by the name, hallelujah, Elohim, hallelujah. They go by the name of the great high and lifted one, hallelujah. They go by the name of healer and savior and miracle worker and door opener, hallelujah. They go by the name, hallelujah, of authority, hallelujah. I have authority in him. I got to meet this person that has you walking around in all of this confidence. You want to meet him right now? Yeah lift your hands to Jesus let me introduce you to somebody huh, that looks beyond your faults and sees your need look at that look at this he's able to bring us into his presence his glorious and triumphant presence where there's joy and unspeakable delight unspeakable delight to the only wise God our savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. When I was playing ball, we stepped on the field as if we already won. We knew we were in for a battle, but the way we walked on the field. I was a running back, so what I would do in front of the enemy the team that I was getting ready to play against was, I would do a little jog. I would walk on the field and I just. I was acting as if I was on the winning team. I never stepped on the field going, I don't know. They look a little strong. They look a little big. I don't know, I walked on the field like, We went crazy sometimes. We would hit each other. Yeah, bow, 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 bow. We were trying to let them know we ready. Devil, show up to my house. This house is prayed up. Devil, show up and try to attack my marriage. We prayed up. Try to attack my kids. We prayed up. I'm not going to let you come in here thinking that you're going to just walk out unscathed and unscarred. You're going to walk out of here in trouble because we're going to chase you up out of here through the anointing of God that's in this house. Hallelujah. Mess around. Mess around with me. Mess around with me. We about to have church up in here. You listen, you show up in a worship or break out in a minute. Why? Because to the only wise God, my savior. Be glory and majesty, which means put worship before what you're dealing with. Put praise before what you're dealing with. Put the glory of God before what you're dealing with. Can you stand to your feet in this place? I'm going to ask the worship or the team to come back up. I want you guys to really catch this. Really catch what God is doing here. Pastor Reuben, Jesus is at the grave of Lazarus. He says, remove the stone. Lazarus had been dead four days. 
the belief was that if he, Jesus would have gotten there by the third day, Lazarus would have gotten up. But Jesus waits to the fourth day. Because Jesus says, I'm not, I'm not going to live according to your recipe. I'm about to do a miracle in your life. There's some doors you've been standing in front of that God says, watch me take them off the hinges. He shows up to the grave of Lazarus. Move the stone. Lazarus has been in there four days. They wrapped him like a mummy and put a blindfold over his face. It was called grave clothes. Inside the grave, there were stairs that went down to what was called a gathering place. So when they brought Lazarus' body in, those that went in stayed there. And then there was another set of steps that went down even deeper into what they called the resting place and it was narrow. Only two could carry, one that was carrying his feet and one that was carrying his upper body and they laid him down. And it was so narrow that the person at his feet had to literally step over Lazarus. Jesus shows up and says, remove the stone. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. I always wonder, Pastor, why didn't he send somebody in there to get Lazarus? Because Lazarus was wrapped up. He was blinded. He didn't know where he was. But somehow, and I'm speaking to somebody in here, somehow he got to his feet. If you, don't, if you want to realize how hard that is, go home and let somebody wrap you up and lay you on the ground. Somehow restricted some of you. Somebody walked in here today and you feel restricted. He was bound from his head to his feet with a blindfold on his face. But somehow he got up on his feet. He didn't know there were steps. So the process was ugly. I believe that he began to hop because he couldn't walk because his feet were wrapped. So he began to hop. And he hopped. And I'm sure he fell back a couple of times and had to start all over again and get up. Jesus could have made it easy on him and said, go get him. Nah, Jesus said, if you really want to come out, oh, you got to go through the process. He got to his feet, hopped again, he hopped again. He was blindfolded, but he heard the voice of Jesus. Where you going? I'm going to where I heard his voice. I'm going to where I heard his voice. 
he hopped and hopped towards the voice. And I don't know how long it took. I know the Bible reads it's almost as if it took a moment, but I believe, Pastor Reuben, it took some time because he fell back, hit his shoulder, hit his knee, fell to his face, but he kept getting up. I want to speak to every man in this house. Keep getting up. Every woman, keep getting up. Woo, there's going to be a party when you come out. There's going to be a party when you come out. He comes out of the grave. He's standing there in front of everybody. And Jesus says, now loose him and let him go. Now, because he was willing to come forth as he was, before he was willing, because he was willing to hop his way out, because he trusted that I said, come forth, because he didn't let the circumstance keep him from coming forth, because he didn't let him situation, his situation keep him from coming forth. He didn't care how he looked. All he knew was, I'm coming out because Jesus said, come out. He came out. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Take off the grave clothes. Take off the bondage. Today, I'm challenging you to hop your way to the altar. I know everything is not the way you want it to be. I know maybe the marriage ain't where you want it to be. I know the finances are not where you want them to be. I know your joy is not where you want it to be. I know your peace is not where you want it to be. But Jesus said, come forth. And I want you to hop with everything that's holding you down. Just begin to come to the altar. Just come even now. Just begin to come. Hallelujah. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hey. Lord, I'm coming. I'm hopping. I'm hopping. I'm coming because you're able to keep me from stumbling. You're able to keep me from falling. You're able to present me faultless in the presence of your glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, the one that's full of glory, the one that's, hallelujah, full of honor and praise. Come on this morning, come, come on, come on. I dare you if you come. I dare, I dare you if you come. God's getting ready to do something. God's getting ready to do something. Ooh, come on, come on. Just begin to let God use you. And as they sing, come on, hallelujah.